why wouldn't the disciples understand? What kept them from understanding what Jesus was saying? If you're like me, you may have had the experience where someone has come to you before for some advice, and you listen to their issues, and it's pretty clear as day for you. I mean, you know exactly what the solution is, and you tell them your opinion straight up, very blunt, straightforward, no questions. And the person is grateful for your advice, and they may even nod their head. They might agree with you. But then they go on, and nothing changes. They don't actually follow your advice, even though they heard it. And then maybe they would come back later, still with the same problems, but it's worse now, and they're asking for more advice, and you can think of nothing else but the same advice you gave originally. Because it's so clear as day for you, and you just, you tell them how it is, and you're ready to just give them the truth. And if they would just do what you say, they wouldn't have these issues. And they may even nod their head, they might say, yes, you're right, and then they go off and still nothing changes. Have you ever had that experience before? And maybe... This is really fun. Sometimes that person will later have an epiphany. They'll come to you and they'll say, listen, I heard the most amazing advice. Turns out it's the exact same thing that you've told them twice already. But because someone else told them, they finally got it. It's funny because this happens a lot with spouses. They don't tend to hear each other. Or sometimes uh, parents and children they just don't seem to get it. Um, it, it. Typically, it's people that you love. For some reason, when people that you love tell you something, sometimes we just don't let it sink in. We just don't hear it the same way as we would if someone else said it. It takes us a few times hearing something over and over again before we really embrace it and accept it. I think that's just human nature. And we can see that happen in today's gospel. Today's gospel sounds a lot like last Sunday's. It almost seems like we just repeated it. Did the church make a mistake? Or did St. Mark make a mistake by repeating it in his gospel? I don't think so. Because I think Jesus understood this dynamic that for some reason it, we're, hard head, we're hard headed. It takes us a while to let things sink in. And Jesus, at the most essential teaching to the gospel, he makes sure that he repeats himself. So last weekend, uh, just as a recap, in case, you know, I know it's been a long week. For, for many people, um, as is typical. So here's just a little recap. Last weekend, we learned that the path to God is the way of the cross. There's just simply no other way around it. There's just no loophole. There's just no other option. It, in other words, self-denial is not optional. 
because the way of the cross, the dying of self, is the prerequisite of love. And it's only through love that we experience the joy of the gospel. And so we have to go through the crucifixion in order to experience the resurrection. That was the uh, gospel last week. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you must, you must renounce yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. Not you could, you should, maybe you would, it's you must. And today he says the same thing. Because he says it in, uh, he, he gave that, that teaching in the context of warning his disciples about his passion and death. He told his disciples straight up, very bluntly, that Jesus is going to die. He's going to suffer and he's going to die, and three days later he's going to rise. And remember Peter, um, Peter didn't like that. It was hard to accept. Peter fusses at Jesus. He rebukes him, and, and Jesus says those gut-wrenching words, get behind me, Satan. One chapter later, last week was Mark 8. This is Mark chapter 9. There's not a whole lot that happens in between. One chapter later, Jesus brings it up again. He warns his disciples and says that the Son of Man will be handed over and killed. And three days later, he will rise. He basically repeats himself. There's no metaphors here. There's no figurative language. It's blunt and it's clear. He says, I will die, and three days later, I will rise. And yet, St. Mark tells us the disciples didn't understand. It just didn't sink in, and that's my question for us today. Why? Why didn't they understand? What kept them from understanding something so clear? Something that Jesus repeats himself very bluntly, directly to them. Why? And I believe St. Mark gives us a clue. Because the very next verse, St. Mark says this, that the disciples were afraid to question him. And I truly believe that fear is a driving factor in this story, but also in the story of our own lives. Because so often fear is underneath the symptoms that lead us to sin. Very often fear is, is what drives us to be so impatient or to be so frustrated or to be so... Um, rude and unkind, very often it's fear that fills us with anxiety. Very often it's fear that keeps us from praying. So often, without us even realizing, fear drives our sin. Because, as we mentioned last week, it's human nature to run away from the cross. It's human nature to, uh, to have self-preservation. We don't want to die. That's a good thing uh, in, in a natural sense. Um, but, but on a spiritual sense, it becomes a barrier to Christ. Fear of the cross becomes a barrier to Christ because we run away from self-denial because we're afraid of pain. We're afraid of suffering and we're afraid of death. And as the more and more that we run away from it, the more inward we turn, the more selfish we become, and the more unable we are to love. 
But Jesus shows us. In a world where the word love is debated and misunderstood and used in all the wrong ways, Jesus shows us what love looks like. And it's none other than him on the cross right here. Jesus on the cross, that's what love looks like. That's what true divine love looks like. The total denial of self for the sake of another. The total gift of self. So that Jesus understood so well the essential aspect of the cross. Because it's through the cross that we experience new life. He knew that Good Friday was a prerequisite for Easter Sunday. He knew that self-denial was a prerequisite for true love. He knew that dying to self was a prerequisite for new life. And he repeats himself in today's gospel one chapter later because he knows that as much as we hear this, it's hard for it to sink in because we still, deep within us, cower in fear. We run away from the cross because we're so terrified of going through Calvary. But truly, the only thing worth fearing is separation from Christ. So I ask you this question honestly, and I'm asking it to myself as well. What are you afraid of? I believe we all have different fears within us that, that kind of motivate us and drive us. What are you afraid of? For some, if you would have asked me as a kid what I was most afraid of, <laughs> especially in high school, like I, I like knew this, I owned it. I was most afraid of failure. That's what drove me to, and, and in many senses it, it, it helped me, you know, to do well in life, but I was just so afraid of failure. So maybe you, maybe you too are afraid of, of failure. Or, you know, I, I notice in my own life, uh, less about failure now, uh, I wrestle with a fear, perhaps a little bit deeper of, of rejection or a fear of being misunderstood. So maybe you can relate to those. Maybe you fear loss, job loss, the loss of a loved one the loss of your reputation, or this is big, I hear this all the time, fear of losing control. Maybe you fear a loved one suffering. It would just tear you to pieces if you saw your child suffering, or your mother, or your, your father suffering. Maybe you fear death. Maybe that just, just the whole reality of death is just so terrifying to you. But I truly believe that our fears drive us to do things we regret. And it keeps us from our fullest potential. And ultimately, all of our fears come down to a fear of the cross, to a fear of what we see as mere suffering. But the cross is so much more than mere suffering. The cross is love. And if we see it within that lens, then we have nothing to fear because, as Scripture tells us, love casts out all fear. 
And so when we gaze upon Jesus Christ crucified, we are not just seeing a tortured human being. We're not just celebrating pain and suffering. We're not just weird Catholics who have a weird affinity for gruesome things. We are embracing love. We are embracing the key to eternal life. We are embracing the heart of the gospel. So what are you afraid of? What's keeping you from Christ? My invitation for us today is to acknowledge our fears, because this is so important. If we don't even know what we're afraid of, then we're just victim to the symptoms of the underlying condition. So we need to acknowledge our fears, to be completely honest with them. And my invitation is that we lay them down on the altar. And in addition, that we meditate specifically on the image of Jesus Christ crucified. Because as we gaze upon this crucifix, I have to be honest, I wish it were bigger, but this is what we've got for now. As we gaze upon this crucifix, we are reminded what love looks like. And we have access to the key of casting out our fears. And so today, as we continue with Mass, I want us to, to tangibly, in our mind and in our heart, to place our fears on this altar and to recognize that this crucifix and this altar are speaking into the same reality. That Jesus Christ, in a very real and theological way, takes our gift and brings it to God the Father in the name of love, so that you and I can experience new life, so that you and I can truly enter into intimacy with God. There's just no way around the cross. I wish there was, but there simply isn't. There's no loophole. Those, there's no alternative route. There's just no way to convince yourself only path to God is the way of the cross. But the cross is not mere suffering. The cross is love. And God invites us so that love can cast out all fear. Amen.